High School Football on Round Guy Radio is brought to you by Mike's Auto Sales of Muscatine, Iowa, Iowa Tire of Fairfield, Iowa, Kyoto Transmission and Repair, Flint Cliffs Manufacturing of Burlington, Iowa, Wester Drug of Wilson and Muscatine, Jim Fagan, your neighbor's insurance agent, Home Plate Sports Cards of Oskaloosa, Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa, B&B Propane, R&B Brakes, Sports Cards of Dubuque, Richardson's Tech's Solutions of Richland, Iowa, Farmers Co-op and Vision Ag of Kyoto, Iowa, and a lot of surrounding areas, and the Packwood Locker of Packwood, Iowa, soon to be Griner Meats and Groceries of Richland, Iowa. Well, it's the scoreboard show for week seven, and man, the scoreboards were lighting up like a Christmas tree out there. We got Andy Kretzinger. Andy, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Well, you're toughing it out with a pretty uh, low voice there. You, you, you've yeah. been pretty sick, but you stuck it out to get some pictures. Where did you go tonight? Well, I, I did a double dip today. That way I could have a little car time recovery. I, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm recovering from uh, something that I tested negative, uh, negative for, you know, uh, everything. But I've had this cough, so <clears throat> I've been trying to hide my cough on the sidelines, but Started out at Waco. I, I don't know what the final is on that, but I can tell you I was only there for a quarter and a half, and I would have uh, went ahead and called that game over when I was walking off the field uh, mid-second period. That was uh, 37 nothing Waco when I was walking off. They had already uh, they had already collected a couple of safeties. Um, John McLaughlin had ran a touchdown in. Loudon Housengate had ran a touchdown in. Cole Whitney had a couple of scores and uh, should have been a pick six that got taken away because they blew the whistle a little early. And uh, in, in any way you could put it, Waco was uh, rolling in that game over English Valleys. Well, that seemed to be the theme tonight. There was a lot of uh, um, freight trains are rolling as these. Yeah. It seemed like a lot of these playoff teams, you know, teams that, that are probably going to go a long ways into the playoffs, uh, they're in, you know, high gear. You know, they're yeah. running on, they're not having, you know, penalties. They're, they're just rolling like a freight train. And then they happen to be playing some kind of have nots this week. And it's leading to some, some lopsided scores. But, uh, yeah, we had a lot of lopsided scores. <laughs> well, where did you, uh, where did you go to next? So after I left Waco, I went to Washington and uh, over at Caseville, they had uh, quite the uh, juggernaut coming in an assumption. One of the two real, powers of the district <laughs> and um, it was all uh, assumption 35 nothing i will say I, I got there you know uh, midway through the second quarter it was only 14 nothing and uh, <laughs> washington probably would have won the halftime only down 14 nothing uh but there was kind of a botched punt uh by the demons you could argue that 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 uh logan mcdole who's their quarterback and punter kind of kind of got hit by the 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 kid rushing when he was trying to get it off in the end zone but it ended up kind of you know, shanking about to the 25 or so. So Assumption was able to score right before half, 21 nothing, and then they got the ball off, you know, to start the second half, 20, and it was 28 nothing. So at that point, it went from, oh, hey, this is closer than I thought to, you know, to uh, to kind of what you would expect when a, a team like Assumption comes into town. That running back they have that uh, has over 1,000 yards, uh, he looks pretty uh, pretty dicey there. And the, uh, well, once he was able to get some space, he pulled on some uh, college-level moves. So, uh Certainly wasn't fun chasing him around all day, and Assumption also threw the ball a lot. Yeah, it was. Uh, well, that sounds, sounds pretty exciting. Uh, was there a big crowd and kind of a fun atmosphere? Was there 
First real football <laughs> weather of the of the year, wasn't it? Yeah, I'd say in, in both places. Uh, the crowd might be a little bit thinned down. I would say, you know, if you're a Waco fan, maybe you're uh, you're saving it up for uh, saving it up for the playoffs, you know. Uh, but but there were a couple. I, I spotted a couple seats uh, in the stands over there um, <laughs> that were a little unoccupied. But uh, but for the most part, there was a pretty darn good showing. Um, obviously, the HLV fans or not the HLV fans, the English Valley's fans. Uh, probably weren't gonna drive uh, all the way to Waco with the you know <laughs> the score like it was gonna be so they kind of had a uh, a lesser on the uh, visiting uh, fan side uh, and you know Assumption had an okay uh, had an okay crowd but not not a great one so it was a lot of home fans for both Waco and Washington but uh, yeah it was a little colder it took a little a little while for the crowds to get going it, it, it's tough uh, when you go from 70 degree weather all the time to uh, what we had tonight. Well, I caught the uh, just the last uh, minute of the uh, um, New London uh, Moravia game, and uh, oh, that, turned out. that was seventy-five to something Moravia. Uh, it wasn't too close. I think fourteen or uh, I don't know if I got quite a, a, a final yeah. score on that, but I didn't. Do you have any other? I mean, and you want to talk a little bit about what happened to Winfield Mount Union? Well, I don't know what happened, but I assume that they just dominated, right? There was a forfeit. Oh, that's right. It was a forfeit. Yeah, Winfield didn't have a have a game this week. Uh, it's actually Winfield didn't have a game this week because of that forfeit, and then Waco doesn't have a game next week because they played in week zero. So it's kind of a weird situation where they both only had one game left. Yeah, this yeah. was the last game of the year for Waco. I just just putting that together. I already knew that, but I did didn't quite grasp it tonight. But yeah, yeah Mormon Trail couldn't somehow Mormon couldn't play the game yeah. or something. So, yeah, Mormon Trail. I was. It was. I think it was the same situation as New London a few weeks ago, where sometimes the eight-man teams you only start out with, you know, twenty-something players, and then you know five or six people get injured, and you you get close to where it's like, you know, well we don't want to go out and there play with six, seven players going uh, both ways against against eight players the other ways. So, um, so yeah, they forfeited. Is also a pretty nice drive for more uh, Mormon Trail uh, to get over to <coughs> to Winfield. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry, to Winfield for that one, but uh, uh, Winfield's got a game next week, and then they'll be—I mean, Winfield will be hanging out in their home field until uh, until you know if they if they if and when they make the dome. Because I don't think there's a shot they'd have a uh, a road game. I guess I guess uh, I don't know which way the alphabeticals are going as far as uh, as far as who hosts between undefeated teams, but. But uh, a lot of football in Winfield as far as uh, playoffs coming up soon. Well, you were talking, listening to Andy Kretzinger of the Southeast Iowa Union, who was not, uh, at not just one game, but two games, run the fever of 110. Uh, uh, well, I, I'm not going to ask you any, I'm not even going to ask you what you're going to order on the way home. Because, uh, no. okay. I know. I, well, I'll tell you, though. I'll okay. tell you that I haven't had an uh, appetite all week, and my <laughs> my wife was making chicken nuggets and fries for the kids, and that was the first time I kind of perked up, and I was like, you know, maybe I could probably stomach some chicken nuggets. So I had some chicken nuggets before I came to the game. Otherwise, I would have had a, a hot dog uh, at either Waco or Washington, because I know they both grill, and they both got good hot dogs if they're there. But, uh, so I was, uh, I had some nice homemade chicken nuggets, and well, it was like freezer, freezer-made chicken nuggets and fries today. Well, you are like Burt Reynolds in the longest yard tonight. Yeah. Uh, we sure appreciate you coming in. 
playing hurt and uh, getting the job done. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. We are headed to Sigourney, Iowa. We got Andy McGuire. Andy, I haven't seen uh, a, a beating like this since since uh, uh, Germany invaded uh, Poland in World War II. I guess that's one way he could put it. That's for sure. But yeah, I mean, Sigourney Kyoto comes out on top a, tonight. I'm not done yet. I am. <laughs> I, I didn't get a beating this bad when I showed my parents my report card. <laughs> That's a good one, too. You're on a roll tonight. <laughs> but, I mean, this was SK all the way in every way tonight. I mean, talk, talk to me about this big homecoming win. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sigourney Kyoto comes out massively on top. 82 to nothing is your final score against the Colfax Mingo Tiger Hawks and really just kind of the tale of – Two uh, very different programs and very different stages of uh, of performance tonight, for sure. Obviously, Sigourney Kyoto has things rolling early and often tonight. And I frankly lost track of how many different uh, uh, players scored for Sigourney Kyoto, and it happened in so many different ways. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't even know where to start as far as highlights or who to highlight in the game other than the fact that uh, Brothers Market's going to be handing out lots of 50-cent buffalo wings tomorrow because Sigourney Kyoto surpassed that 50-point mark. Man, that was uh, – uh, I mean, man, that was – they were just scoring every which way. They were lighting up the scoreboard like a deaf, dumb, blind kid lights up the uh, uh, pinball machine. I'm telling you, it was it – was, they just scored every which way you could score, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I was thinking, you know, I think the only way that SK did not score was a uh, a safety or a kick return for a touchdown. But I mean, they had interceptions. Didn't they take, didn't they take that? Uh, uh, didn't Kendrick take one back there just at the end of the half? Uh, I think it was on a punt. Yeah, yeah. not big a kickoff, but they did take right. a punt back for a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, oh, and then there family. was uh, an interception. <laughs> An interception return for a touchdown from Cole Kindred. And uh, um, uh, Isaac Bronze had a scoop and score on a fumble into the touchdown. I mean, we scored defensively. We scored offensively. We had two-point conversion, PATs. Uh, I guess we didn't kick a field goal. You know, that would maybe be another way that Sigourney Kyoto didn't score. But in all the other facets, they were definitely putting points on the board. Well, they were doing it on offense, defense, and special teams. I mean, Koufax Mingo had like five tackles in the first half. I mean. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the stat lines, but I I would hate to see it, you know, from Koufax Mingo's standpoint in terms of total yardage, you know, until we got into the fourth quarter, and they may still even have it this way, just negative overall offensive yards. And uh, I'd be curious to see what yards per carry, what the average was for Sigourney Kyoto. It had to have been well into double digits. Wow. Well, uh, I just watched West Branch finally beat Albia, nineteen to eight. That went down to the wire. Wow. Uh, I don't know what else to say about this game. Um, man, it might have been the. Uh, well, what you got? You got one team, you know, that's just struggling at, at Almighty and having, you know, still having trouble with their timing and penalties, and then you got this other team that's in. Full steam playoff mode, you know, and I mean, geez, 
They run it up the middle for touchdowns. They went around the outside for touchdowns. They scored when they didn't have the ball. I mean, they and everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong for uh, for Colfax Mingo, including uh, one time when they were going to try and let this uh, punt or kick a kickoff roll into the end zone, and it just for some reason just stopped a half yard. And then they had to try to rush it out of the end zone. Man, it was a, it was a tough night, but it was a great night to watch a football game. We had a little football weather, didn't we? Yeah, we did. You know, it was very much different than what it was a week ago, Friday night. It was, you know, pushing 90 or mid-80s anyhow at the start of kickoff, and we had some guys cramping up in the night, you know, with that west wind and the chill in the air. It definitely felt like fall. It's football weather for sure. Well, it was uh... – there was a lot of those type of scores tonight. Um, you know, it's just too late in the year to take the gas, take the foot off the gas. Um, if you're, you know, trying to get your team ready, and these are the teams that you're playing, uh, there's a lot of good teams out there in the foot in the round guy radio family for sure. There's just a lot of great teams out there. So, well, is there anything else about this game you want to share with our listeners? No, I th- you know, we could talk about it, but I don't think it's really going to be all that entertaining just because it was such a, a lopsided win for Sigourney Kyoto. It's just a matter of getting better. 82 to 0, yeah. And what really, uh, what I think clinches the district championship for Sigourney Kyoto. So, you know, SK Cobras are one win away in district play to be uh, going to going four years in a row without losing a district game. So yeah. Eddieville Blakesburg uh, down in Eddieville next week will be the, the last test of the regular season for uh, SK Cobras. Well, thanks for being with us. We'll keep scooting around. So headed to Wilton, Iowa. We got Mike Hassel. Mike, you were uh, had a bird's eye view of the best game in the state as the West Branch came in to play Wilton. Um, for a shot at the title here, uh, the district title. Uh, and uh, we'll let our listeners know what the score was, and then let's hear about how this all put came together. Well, there was no lack of excitement tonight. Uh, Wilton came out on top 21-17 after being down 17-7 to with like six minutes to go in the fourth quarter and pulled it out with a 21-17 victory. Uh, it was it was quite the ordeal. Uh, I got some stats here. Drew Keith threw 11 to 22 for 76 yards. He carried the ball 10 times for 41 yards. Uh, Owen Hassel had 25 carries for 114 yards and two touchdowns. And he also had a 96 yard kick return for a touchdown. Huge play in the in the second quarter. That really uh, what ignited the team back into that game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. It got us on the board and really convinced them that they could do something from there. I think. But uh, Kate Serrata had four catches for thirty yards. Uh, Gatlin Rogers, Landon Putman, and Kale McQuillan both all three had two catches. Uh, Owen Milder led the defense with nineteen flipping tackles, man. And uh, Chaz Allison had twelve tackles, and John Clellan had a big, big interception with two seconds to go in the fourth quarter in the end zone and he picked it off. So that gave us the win. We took a knee and that was history, buddy. Wow. That is so exciting. Uh, did you really say 19 tackles? 
19 tackles. Uh, two of them were solo, 17 of them were assisted. Holy smolies. Yeah, he's an animal, dude. He is that, a beast. That kid's got a motor. Well, you're going to have to give him a round guy game ball uh, for me and give one to Owen Hassel for uh, for getting that done. Well, this was a big win, you know. I mean, you had uh, – I, I, I will still put down Mid-Prairie as a pretty good team that you played. They're 3-3 three and three right now. Uh, yeah. But you hadn't had to, um, really good opponents until tonight. But tonight you showed you could play with anybody in the state right there. Uh, how how did the home crowd of the Wilton home crowd factor into the big win? It was, it was, it was, they were a little somber throughout the game, but they started coming around that third, fourth quarter when it was apparent that all we needed to do was keep pushing the ball and, and let, let the, let the history be made. Um, they were really rocking and rolling there towards the, at the end of the game. So big crowd, big turnout, even though it was cold and rainy and, but, uh, it was, it was a hell of a team win and, uh, you know, the crowd did us a lot of favors too. So, well, uh, Scotty Mellon was pretty happy. Uh, do you got any stats or, or just any observations about the West Branch team? Uh, they, they beat the tough, uh, Regina, they, they won with Regina and they are, uh, uh, you know, uh, generally pretty solid team. They are big, big, big dudes on the on both lines, offense, defense. They're just ginormous. Uh, there's a, a number I don't know his name. Capper maybe was his name. Number five. He was a D back. He uh, he hit uh, hit his own friendly fire. Hit his own uh, teammate, and I think he may have dislocated his shoulder there in the third quarter. I'm not sure, but. Uh, uh, he was a big. He was a big part of their offense and defense, and he was unable to continue. So, but they got that Sidell kid. He's really good, really athletic. Their quarterback's really good, really athletic. Uh, Cooper Gates, that kid, thirty-two. The linebacker's really athletic. He's really good. So they got a lot of a lot of good players. I'm sure we'll see him again. So was this a senior night? Or? No, well, it was senior night for the band uh, at Wilton. So I think next Friday, next Friday must be senior night. For oh football. yeah, you guys got another home game uh, with Regina. Yeah, um, we got turn around and do this all over again next Friday. <laughs> well, I got a good report on the Wilton football from uh, Scotty Melvin. He was beside himself. What a great game it was! He was so happy he come up there. Brown Guy Radio, uh, Ben Ben Garvin called the game, so I just posted it. So. You'll be able to listen to that uh, uh, right away. And uh, uh, thanks for being with us. Anything else you want to say about this historic win? No, it was good to meet Scotty. You know, I told him, I said, he might as well just come on up again next week. There's going to be the best. It's going to be the best game of the week in the state again. So uh, thanks for covering us and appreciate everything you do. All right. We're going to Wapolo, Iowa, as uh, Jeff Mills of Real Smart Highlights uh, uh, was was there for the Pekin Wapolo game. Uh, welcome to the program, Jeff. Thanks for having me, Dave. Well, you're going to have to fill in for Andy because he's uh, uh, not feeling well. He did a pretty valiant job for about seven minutes, uh, and he only coughed for about four of it. So, uh, <laughs> uh, But we thought you were a pretty adequate uh, replacement for him. So we're going to yeah, go I over this game with you, and then we're going to try, and you and me are going to try and finish the scoreboard show up with as many scores as we can put out. Uh, yeah. We were in a pretty exciting game. 
Uh, he can look to be firing on all cylinders, both offensively and defensively. Um, uh, I was at 44 to nothing was the final. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Okay. Well, uh, tell me, tell me what happened. Yeah. Um, Pekin, like you said, they were, they were firing on all cylinders. Their offense looked really good tonight as well as their defense. Wapolo really couldn't get anything going offensively. Um, uh, as far as, uh, Pekin goes, you know, it seemed like every drive, they just five yards here, five yards there. Um, ground, uh, excuse me, running down the clock, using a lot of the, uh, clock advantage, that kind of thing. Uh, Wapolo just couldn't stop them. Um, they had, like you said, 44 points. And I think, uh, the Dostrom kid had a couple touchdowns. Robert Brown caught one for a touchdown and, uh, uh, the quarterback Adam. Yeah, says, what do you think of him? Scott really high on him. Yeah, yeah, he he can toss the ball. He he's looked really good that first game. I watched him play as well. But tonight it was a little rough going trying to pass the ball, but he was still hitting his receivers and uh, threw a nice ball to Robert Brown there. Caught one in the back of the end zone. And um, is it his brother Henry Adam? Do you know? Uh, I think it is. Okay. He, uh, he looked good in the backfield for him as well. Uh, pretty sure he had a touchdown. And so, I mean, they had all kinds of guys uh, offensively doing great things. Wapolo just couldn't get their offensive going, and uh, Pekin pretty much controlled the line of scrimmage the whole game, you know. Um, defensively, Wapolo, the Matt Helsher, I believe he is his name, he's a pretty good uh, – he looked pretty good tonight for the Wapolo defense. I was pretty impressed with him. As well as uh, on the offense side of the ball, too. He carries the ball, but, um, you know, he just couldn't get anything going. The line couldn't open any holes for him. So, But he looked pretty good. I liked him for Wapolo. And uh, the Bells are good. Had Carson Belzer had an interception. Jackson Lands had a couple nice catches early in the game. But he come out from halftime and uh, it's had an ankle problem, I guess. He's going in tomorrow to get it checked out. But he was in street clothes for the second half. So that definitely didn't help. Uh, Wapolo's chances at all, so you know it was just one of them nights. Beacon controlled pretty much the entire game, and Wapolo just couldn't couldn't get anything going. Well, it was a, a lot of that going on tonight. You know, teams like Beacon that are, you know, really they don't have any time to get ready for the playoffs or go in the playoffs. Uh, they got to be four quarters ready um, to do that. Um, you know they they they've got to get get out here and kind of grind out out wins and even even if it does mean putting several points on the board uh, because they they really focused this game didn't they? Yeah, yeah, for sure they looked really good and they look uh, you know that, that bodes well heading into the next couple of weeks as postseason starts and stuff. I think they might make a little noise. You know, we'll see what happens. But they look they look really good at the right time, that's for sure. Well, they, they certainly are going to be someone that I think is going to be dangerous in the first round. Do you? Who's that? Pekin. Pekin? Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe um, somebody will start voting for them for the top 10, top 16, one of these polls. I think they, they, uh, they're five and two, and their only two losses are to pretty fantastic teams. They're both rated, so. Um, yeah. Um, outstanding season for them. Well, anything else about this game you want to talk about? Um, I don't believe so. I mean, like I said, there wasn't a whole lot going on for Wapolo, and he can just control the game, and that was pretty much the, 
the gist of it. Yeah, it was a, it's a, it's a, 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 a sad story, but it doesn't take long to tell. <laughs> but okay, well let's uh, let's go into some of the scores, and we're just gonna shoot out some scores. Uh, um, well, we already heard about the Assumption Washington Demons game. Scott, um, Andy was at that one. Well, here's a, a Mid Prairie 33, Central Lee 13. Um, that don't surprise me too much. I think that's about what I would expect it to be. What about you? Yeah, same here. Uh, that was kind of what I expected. I heard the Aaron Falk kid, the sophomore running back there, had a pretty big game for him. I knew he had like three touchdowns or something. I was impressed with him watching him last week. So, yeah, that sounds about right, I think. Well, I got some really good news here for uh, uh, all around guy uh, family. Everybody, nobody around here likes to see a team struggle. Uh, and here was a game where somebody was going to get a win, and it and it turned out to be the Highland Huskies. Uh, yeah. They get a win, uh, a twenty to eighteen win over the wise of Muscatine. Did you hear anything about this game? I haven't heard uh, stat-wise or nothing like that. I just heard the final score there, 2018. And uh, I think uh, Wapolo actually gets Highland next week to end the season, I believe. Oh, that would uh, be a good, uh, good opportunity. Yeah. Uh, for one game going at it. I think that'll be a, you that'll know. Be exciting game, game, won't it? What's that? That'll be an exciting game, won't it? Yeah, I think so, you know. Couple teams just one I think win. Wapo's already got a couple wins, don't they? They got one. So they got one, and Highlands got one. Yeah. Uh, well, two wins are better than one. One of those two teams will get it next week. Uh, but that'll be nice for those those schools to kind of finish out on a high note. And, and it's it's if you can't win the game, you could be in a game you felt like you could have won or or you had a chance to win. That that's a, a better than nothing. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. And they'll go out there and leave it all out on the field and have some fun for your final game, especially for them seniors. Well, Central City Wildcats, 44, Lone Tree Lions, 13. Uh, that played out exactly what Scotty Melvin said it would. Uh, Waco, 51, English Valley, 6. Um, I didn't expect anything less. Nope. <laughs> okay. Well, here was a good game. Here was a really good game. Uh, the North Scott Lancers edged out a two-point win, fourteen to sixteen, over Clear Creek Amana. Oh wow! So that's kind of kind of interesting score. Well, uh, Keokuk gets the win over Mount Pleasant. Uh, they put forty-seven on the board, but Mount Pleasant puts twenty-six on the board. So uh, Mount Pleasant is a uh, 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 has put up some points. And that that's a that's a pretty respectable total for Mount Pleasant's offense, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, I mean that it, they didn't go, uh, they didn't just roll over. Let's put it that way. At least we're playing ball, so that's good to see. Well, this seemed to be a, a, it took Fairfield Trojans all four quarters, and uh, with a late score and uh, a blocked extra point, they wound up winning this game uh, twenty to seven over South Tama. County, uh, the Fairfield Trojans beat the South Tama County Trojans 20 to 7. Uh, as the Fairfield Trojans get back on the winning side of things, uh, I think they kind of needed a, a win to get their, their season going again, didn't they? 
Yeah, I think so. You know, that's that's good good on them. Uh, I didn't hear a whole lot about that game, but I did see the score, so it's good to see them get a win on the board. All right. Well, uh, uh, Winfield Mount Union uh, uh, received a forfeit. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, do you got any? You said you mentioned you had a a, a Muscatine halftime score. Yeah, they haven't updated the end of the game, but I know at halftime it was 31-14 Pleasant Valley. Okay. Pleasant Valley was five and one, four and zero in district, so they must be pretty good. I would would assume. Yeah, well, that'll be kind of exciting to hear the, uh, the rest of it. I know with Ty Kozad, they got a good chance to to uh, maybe catch up to him a little bit in that game. Here's a couple eight-man football scores that are are of interest around the state. The Lennox Tigers go to Southeast Warren and put it to them, 60-18. to 18. Uh, Lennox is a perennial. But here's a team that I've got my eye on. I don't know if you've uh, been paying any attention to them at all. But the Bedford Bulldogs, uh, they went down to Lamona to play the Demons, and they get an 87 to six win. So uh, the Bedford Bulldogs are, are are looking good here. Yeah. Iowa Valley bounces back with a 54 to six win over HLV. I'm just kind of putting around. You got any other scores? Uh, uh, let me... Any other games you were kind of paying attention to, or? Oh yeah, oh, the Moravia. I know they beat uh, uh, New London pretty good. Now yeah. here's here's a um, wow. Okay, well here's a score that people might be interested. ACGC uh, forty two Mount Air eighteen. That was at Mount Air, and Madrid got a forty one to nothing win over North Mahaska. But I think that's not terrible for North Mahaska to stay with them like that. Uh, um, and 41 points. You could have got beat a lot worse than that by Madrid, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. They can put it to you, that's for sure. Okay. Well, uh, our our new friends there at Central Decatur uh, go on the road but get a 28-8 to win over Wayne. Let's see here. I don't know too much else. Just kind of looking through and scrolling through and see if I can find any scores. But uh, you have a pretty nice night. You get some good videos. Yeah, I think so. Uh, like I said, there's all kinds of guys are scoring on the peaking side of the ball. So the Pella Christian, uh, Pella Christian, uh, uh, forty-three Cardinal comments nothing. Car- the Cardinal got a, a win last week though. Regina doubles up uh, uh, Beckman Catholic, forty-eight to twenty-one. Uh, Durant loses to Cascade, forty-two to seven. So Cascade gets their first win. Grundy Center beats Albernet, thirty-five to nothing. You know, both of those teams were in A last year, and now they're they're moved up uh, uh, into one A. Uh, there'll be some dangerous teams to be playing in the playoffs, I'm sure. For sure, Grundy Center, I think, might be number one. Big one I heard was Williamsburg went down. Solon beat Williamsburg 21. Solon beats Williamsburg. That's a huge story. You see that, Scott? Uh, breaking news here on Round Guy Radio. You So, really, Solon. Well, Solon's always good. Uh, let's see here. Clorinda, 50. Sheraton, 14. 
Van Meter, 63, Centerville, Big Red, 6. PCM, 49, West Marshall, 20. Did you hear anything on a Davis County, Mediapolis game? Yeah, uh, Mediapolis rolled all over them in that one. It was about 40 to nothing or something when I quit watching it. Right on. Yeah, they got a big win there. West Lion beat Sheldon, 35 to seven. This Nevada, Iowa team, they beat Harlan 39 to 20. They're kind of making some noise. Yeah. Uh, Grinnell uh, wins in overtime over Benton 21 to 20. Here's <clears throat> your score. Solon 21, Williamsburg 14. How about that? Yeah, that's big. Mount Vernon rolls on uh, Fort Madison, 45-7. to seven. The assumption, 35, Demons, nothing, but I think we already had that score reported. Oh, man. Uh, Dubuque Waller, 14, West Delaware, 13. Sound like a good game? Uh-huh. Uh, well... We have come to the end of scores here on Round Guy Radio. Jeff, uh, um, another exciting night. But it's, oh, the season's almost over, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's close, ain't it? <laughs> it's really close. But it's been a, a great season. And, but this was the first night of the football weather, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> but there might be some more of this cold weather to come. But, uh whether it's hot or cold out, the, the scoreboards have been lighting up all season long. How can we catch some of these highlights on uh, uh, Real Smart Highlights? Uh, like I said, just uh, come follow me on Twitter and Facebook. That's where I post most every time. Just search me, Real Smart Highlights. You should bring me up and follow me, and you'll be able to see all the highlights. All right. Well, thanks for being with us. Yep. Thanks, Dave. High School Football on Round Guy Radio is brought to you by Mike's Auto Sales of Muscatine, Iowa, Iowa Tire of Fairfield, Iowa, Kyoto Transmission and Repair, Flintcliffs Manufacturing of Burlington, Iowa, Wester Drug of Wilson and Muscatine, Jen Fagan, your neighbor's insurance agent, Home Plate Sports Cards of Oskaloosa, Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa, B&B Propane, R&B Brakes, Sports Cards of Dubuque, Richardson's Techs, Solutions of Richland, Iowa, Farmers Co-op and Vision Ag of Kyoto, Iowa, and a lot of surrounding areas, and the Packwood Locker of Packwood, Iowa, soon to be Griner Meats and Groceries of Richland, Iowa.